Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Welcome to Out of the Drying Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast, where each week we talk about our eventful weeks and we discuss two Pokemon anime episodes with some twists along the way. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Oh, wow, that's a switch. <laughs> Switching it up. <laughs> Switching it up. I was sitting here thinking, oh, what am I going to say? But I have some time because Austin's go- he's going first, as he always does, and then you did that on me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh, surprise! <laughs> well, Alex is here today, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have our other co-host, Austin. Jacob, you ruined my bit. The one time I had one planned, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was gonna say Diglet Dig, Diglet Dig, and then I would assume Alex would chime in with Trio, Trio, Trio. <laughs> you ruined oh, my bit. <laughs> okay, well we no, 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 no. This is better. <laughs> I love that the one time you switch it up. Oh, my B. <laughs> I'm the awfulest host there ever oh, was. Dig, 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 dig. Trio, trio, trio. trio, trio. trio. <laughs> it's a little foreshadowing there, audience, of um, what we're going to be talking about today. I'm really sorry for getting us <laughs> off on shaky waters, but I think we're going to hit some smooth sailing here in a bit when we talk about our eventful weeks, because, good lord, we have had a, uh, god, what would you call it, an eventful week, an exciting week, just... I mean, steamrolling energy. We're gonna start with Alex with that as well. We're gonna we're just gonna mix it all up today. We're gonna, we're gonna go backwards. Well, we had our little Fourth uh, of July get together, courtesy of Jacob and his lovely wife Leslie. Little shindig. Yes. So that was really fun. I enjoyed that. Got to see some fireworks up close and personal. Austin, would you like to chime in on the party or anything else you did this week? Thanks for inviting us over. Ah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. I hope you had a good time. I hope the food was good. <laughs> I know yeah, I hope it was all fun for you. Um, shout out to Nicole for sending me a new Nintendo Switch dock, which I needed. Oh, still need. Oh yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you'll be getting that in um in August. I think she talked okay, about. Okay, great. Actually, mailing it to us. Hi, Nicole. And then so. Hi, Nicole. Are you listening? Leave us a five star review, Nicole. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes, Nicole. Help us out, please, please, please help us out. But yeah, she said she was like mail it here, and then uh, so you'll get it next time you come over. That'd be great. That was very nice of her. That Luckily, was super though, nice of her. It, I mean, it, it's a good thing though, Austin, because we we discovered that it was the, just the dock and not the actual Switch mm. console itself. So small victory with that. Nintendo, you you used to have your shit together when it came to hardware. What happened? What went wrong? <laughs> no, that uh, I'm gonna vent for a second because the um. The Joy-Cons I got. Yeah. Did, have y'all got Drift yet? I have. I had. I sent it to Nintendo in New York to set, basically send me a new one. Yeah, mine never got fixed. Okay? You, you got it. They'll do it for free. They'll do it for free. I got Drift within like six months of owning it. I don't know like how yours, quickly yours came on, but mine was like six months into my drifting all over the place. It ruined Mario Kart, Animal... I mean, it moved, ruined everything. So what'd you do? Did you get a new controller? Yeah, I just bought new controllers. Yeah, They'll fix it for free. <laughs> I didn't know about that until you said it, so I feel kind of bad now. But the controllers I got now are working fantastic. And they're actually the ergonomically friendly ones, so my wrist doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't get tendonitis in my elbow, and I don't get as frequent headaches, and I don't have, like, bleeding anymore, so that's helping oh, out a lot. Well, that is good news. Yep. <laughs> so, is there anything else, Austin? My new policy. I know you're really happy about that. As I told Jacob yesterday, my new policy when it comes to Jacob is, I believe everything he says at face value. Uh, everything he says is true. I'm trying to get up to 70-30 with 70% true and 30% BS. No, it's 100 it's 100% true. <laughs> it's, it's 100% I believe it all. Right, yeah. <laughs> and any consequences from well. that, that's your fault. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, It just makes playful banter. All conversation is serious. I literally bleed when I play Switch. I'm that invested. Yeah, this super yeah. serious Pokemon podcast. So uh, for my week, I want to I wanna pitch two things real quick. I got my Steam Cell games mm. that I was talking about last week. And I didn't go with any of the ones I thought I was going to go with. Except for, I did get Among Us. But I actually got the uh, the Steins Gate visual novel. I don't know if you guys is, have seen that anime. Is that what that is? It's a visual novel? Yeah, it's like a visual novel thing. Okay. I just know it has a weird <laughs> semicolon in the title and that confused me. Yeah, they all they all kind of do. Like all the ones made by this company. I can't remember. It's like 5PG or whatever. They all have that little semicolon thing in the middle of them. I guess it's like their trademark. I hate it, but, but anyway, I got that. <laughs> you hate it. <laughs> it's not proper English, uh, but I got that, and I'm looking forward to playing that. And then I got Among Us too. Among Us also, I'll be playing that, and I'll probably talk about it more next week as I jump into those games and still playing, still playing Civ. But I went to ask y'all, did y'all know Awesome Games Done Quick starts this week? I don't know what that is. You have no idea what that nope. is, Alex. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. Is it like National Novel Writing Month or something? But with video games? Not exactly. Okay. But you're, you're not close. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Awesome Games Done Quick is where the, the community of speedrunners gets together and they stream on Twitch for like a week straight, nonstop, completing a various games and titles. And I think they raise, I can't remember, they raise money for a charity, but the past few times it's been for like cancer research. This is like a little plug for them because it is actually really fun to watch. If you guys want to check it out on Twitch and have it streaming in the background or like they have the list of games on the website. If there's a game you love and you want to see it beaten super quick or like in a way that you've never seen played before, I would recommend it if you guys would like to check it out. Well, thank you for that recommendation. I always like watching the Mario yeah. ones where people like jump through the floors of Mario 64 and stuff like that. That shit blows my mind. Yeah, they always... <laughs> They always do that, and they always find something new every time they play it. Like, one guy crashed the game and, like, rebooted it, and it put him next to Bowser, like, the ending level in two minutes. Mm -hmm. One time, it's like, they're just, yeah, they're really smart with how they approach it, and it's just something interesting to watch for the audience. Well, that's a good recommendation. We'll check it out. Jacob, do you, you said you do Twitch stuff sometimes, streaming? I do. I do. I haven't done it frequently lately. Like, I don't stream enough to, like, plug a channel oh. or anything like that. You know, if we ever get bored and want to expand the podcast media, we could try a stream or, I or something. I want to do that. I've never done that before. I want to... You really yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what game. We can do that. Pokemon Puzzle League. We could oh play any God. game. Yeah. We could, uh, we could set it up one night and we could just watch you play the game on discord and comment over it as oh you... i know i'm i'm horrible at video games actually maybe that's the fun yeah. part <laughs> that is the fun part but i am too so i could uh play civ or something you guys could comment over it or among us or steins gate but that's steins gate's kind of hard because it's slow and methodical 
<laughs> compared to like a really fast-paced game. That would be really fun. to our 30 second summary challenge with our episodes this week so i have the randomizer here oh my god no i got diglet dig ah. <laughs> and alex got the uh oh no yeah the ninja episode god that one was <laughs> even worse i know austin you're diglet so lucky dig. oh my gosh okay i hate oh no oh no oh, no, no. Austin, you can tell you by my reaction the discussion i'll try my best <laughs> Yeah, the th- and uh, we'll help you out, Austin, of course. Oh, uh, God. Okay. Oh, my God. I sort of blacked out during the, the ninja episode, so this will be a real treat. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I never do I, I never do this well, so just set your bar really low. Honestly, I mean, it's like... Chico, I kind of feel like you should just, like, fuck around with it, like, Clint style. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Make it your own thing. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, God. Okay, I'll just make it my own thing. Okay, I think I, I think I got something to roll okay. with. I think I got something to roll with. Okay. Good luck. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so the Keystone Pipeline is trying to be constructed, and a bunch of activists <laughs> are there trying to stop it by destroying the material being used to build the pipeline. And there's some kids that show up that join the activists, but they don't realize activists are the good people to the mid part of the episode when they realize that the Diglett are, not the, the activists, my bad, not the Diglett, are trying to rebuild the forest around the pipeline. And so then the kids transition over along with the crew trying to build the pipeline to see that the, the activists are actually right all along and you should destroy nature Time. for human benefit. <laughs> Boom. Oh, that reminds me. I had to cut out <laughs> the bit from the last episode where I recapped all the Rocky movies instead of the Hitmonchan episode. <laughs> that all had to get cut out. <laughs> oh, no. Because of my, my horrible mic. Oh, no. That was funny, too. Um, so do you want to redo that, or are you good? I'm good. That's the best I could do. It, w- it won't get any better than that. That was more fun. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but that was more fun for me. That's what I'll do when my 30-second summary is I'll try to relate them to actual life events. World history with Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll take lead on this one. Take oh. control. We start out with the twerps wandering aimlessly as they always do. Um, and the narrator notes that several months have passed since the first episode, which questionable. I'm glad that you you noted that Austin because I did too. Time apparently passes in this universe, but it simultaneously doesn't pass. So I'm. Um, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Okay. Jacob. I figured out what's going on. Oh, Christ. You, have you seen that, like, Mr. McGonagall? <laughs> it's like Mrs. McGonagall's House of, like, Abnormals or whatever that movie is. It's like a Tim Burton movie. McGonagall? Mrs. McGonagall. McGonagall? Yeah, something like that. It's something like that. It's not McGonagall. It's not, <laughs> it's not McGonagall. Is that Harry Potter? Yes. I can't remember. 
Oh, my bad. It's like something like that. And in particulars is what they're called, I think. And that there's a that's a movie about kids that like time passes, but the kids never age. Mrs. Peregrine's they get s- home for peculiar children. Oh yeah, peculiar, not impeculiar. This is McGonagall. This is McGonagall. I get my names mixed up. But anyway, yeah, so she, uh, in that movie, the kids get stuck in a time loop, so time never progresses, but, like, actual events occur in their lives, so they're progressing in life without time transpiring forward. So that's what we got going on here. It's confirmed. It's canon. Keep going, Austin. Okay, I mean, also Peter Pan, but whatever. Um, (laughs) that might be a bit more well-known example. Anyway, um... Great point. So the twerps have been wandering around. It's been, how many episodes has it been since they saw Erica? Has it only been two? Because I feel like, okay, they beat Erica or whatever. They saved her gloom from fire and Erica said, get the fuck out. <laughs> they went to Hop Hop Top Town for no discernible reason and they got Psyduck and Vulpix. Then they went to the P... Scissor Me Street. Yeah, the Scissor Me Street. Oh, the right. P1 um, tournament and then Gringy City. And I'm like, where the fuck are y'all going? Because <laughs> now they're like, oh, where are we going next? What's our next adventure going to be? And Ash is like, a gym. And I'm like, fucking thank you, Ash. We need to make some progress here. Yeah. I'll oh, just wait till we get to Alola and there are no gyms and they do absolutely nothing every episode. Hey. Hey. Sorry. Hey. Sorry. My bitterness is seeping through. <laughs> Keep going. So they decide they're going to go to Fuchsia City. I, well, they're actually not going to go to the Fuchsia City. They're going to go to the Fuchsia Gym, but we'll get to that later. Um, and Brock's like, it's over that mountain. And they're like, which mountain? And that Brock's like, I'm a fucking idiot who doesn't know how to read a topography map. And so they don't know where they're going. But thankfully, they have wandered into a filler plot. Because... I got a, I got a question real <laughs> yeah, quick. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Are they trading off who's trying to read the map each episode? Or is it literally Brock every episode getting lost and I think trying to find out where they're going? I think it's Brock. You think it's all Brock? Just that just can't. Do they rely on him so much because he's the oldest that he is that they expect him to be able to just read? Well, he's the or geologist, just... isn't he? I mean, he's like the rock guy. He's supposed to be able to know how to read maps and he should know be able about to touch land. a rock and know where to go. This is why he stopped being a rock leader. Oh. Because he was so bad. <laughs> Brock should have been, he should have been more like Daryl from The Walking Dead or something like that, where he just like is a good tracker and he can feel the dirt and say, oh, this is west without using a compass. That'd been a lot cooler. Um, could he use the sun to navigate? I feel like that'd be a lot easier than touching the ground. <laughs> this, that's cooler, though. Oh, using is the it, dirt. Is it cooler? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it's is cooler. it incredibly stupid? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, Alex, you used to like Norman Reedus a lot. Yeah, well, I haven't watched the Walking Dead series in many years because from what I have read and understood or heard through the grapevine, I don't know, but apparently it went really downhill. So I think I stopped watching after like a few seasons. So I don't know the status of the characters. I don't have a clue what's happening. I wish they would have ended it years ago you know went out gracefully but apparently not money ruins a lot of things i watched the first season before it was really popular um and then i stopped watching but before the end of the first season because like i don't give a shit about zombies that was like the zombie renaissance yeah and i was was over it yeah i was over it twilight there were not zombies in twilight were there well there was the vampires to zombies we were going on these weird mystical creature binge 
what? Oh, I was like, wait, where were there zombies in Twilight? There was werewolves, but... We transitioned. It was like, okay. vampires were cool for like three years, and now zombies were like the thing for three years. You know, the current thing is alternate timelines. And I read, I Good read like this article about it. It was like this like social theory about like, we've all fucking given up on our reality. So we're all like, what if it went differently? And that's why all of our, <laughs> all of our sci-fi fantasy stuff right now, the popular thing is different realities and multiverse and all that. That's that's kind of sad in a way. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's like, oh, we hate our own real life reality so much right. that we have to invent <laughs> what if scenarios like that explains why I bought Stein's Gate, because that's exactly the premise of that game. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's kind of weird. Maybe it's saying a lot about me than me wanting to actually just play a game. So what are our current examples? Sorry to derail this, but like the current examples, we've got Loki. All the Marvel and DC stuff. Spider-Verse. Yeah, the Marvel. The Doctor Strange thing that's coming out. Multiverse of Madness or whatever. Uh, What other media could we demonstrate? I'm trying to think like what is popular for... I don't think there's any like drama stuff that's super big right now. Uh... Oh, Austin, you mentioned one earlier about... um. Like the people with special needs solving crimes, that was popular there for that a while. That was popular there for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. I, I don't, I mean, Prodigal Son is the most recent one I can think of those, but, you know, I'm behind on my TV. You had the geek culture renaissance as well with all these different, like, mythical monsters. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry, what? I don't know. People are like, it's cool to be nerdy now or oh, something yeah, that's, like that's that. Oh, that's been the case forever. Yeah, but I mean, I think that was kind of like the first domino to fall, where it was like all this media, like Loki and all the Marvel stuff started being published after it was like, it was really weird that became a thing after that. But yeah, I can't think of any like other examples at the moment, except for that time paradox thing you were talking about, Austin. There are other examples. I just can't think of anything because I'm an idiot. Anyway, so the twerps are going through the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and back to Pokemon. And they find. Yeah, back to Pokemon. There's like this weird thing with space be, not like outer space but like spatial awareness because both the twerps and team rocket are close enough to see an enormous fleet of 18 wheelers drive by on a dirt road but i couldn't quite figure out where they were in relation to the trucks and then all of the trucks <laughs> have like a 30 30 truck pile up and not a single person is killed we I think they were automatic see anyone get out of the truck we saw yeah, one that's individual say. got out of the truck yeah, maybe they all died. It was, um... No, they Carnage. didn't. It was one of those, like... Yeah, it was one of those auto-drive oh. semi-trucks they're talking about trying to make now. Ah. So, one, so guy one guy one guy in charge yes, of entire... he was the beacon. Okay. Yeah, he was the GPS guy that, like, they were all following, so... Did he have a name, this four-man person? Yes, it was Daniel. Is it really? When did yeah. they say that? I didn't even notice that. It's in the, it's in the light novel. Oh, okay, great. Um, remember, Jacob, I remember every single thing you say now. <laughs> Daniel the Foreman. Okay, Daniel the Foreman okay. is what we're going to call him. God. you got to have a name for him. We discover that the 30 truck pileup was caused by Diglett. And now okay. we're in a different road. <laughs> we're in a different concrete road in which the Diglett are causing upturned earth to create small cracks in the road, which cause all the trucks to crash. I was very confused about the scenery. These are just some bad drivers or some bad autonomous trucks. <laughs> Eat shit, Elon Musk. Yeah. yeah it ain't going to work. <laughs> Give up. Anyway, Daniel concludes that the Twerps are the first group of Pokemon trainers that have come to eliminate the Diglett. 
in exchange for a stay at a spa again, another hotel stay. And Ash eagerly is like, oh, we only all we have to do is Achilles Diglett and we get to stay at a hotel, which is a pattern with him. Interestingly enough, it's blood for blood. But it turns out, no, the twerps ain't shit because the actual first group of trainer is Gary and all the other trainers in these buses. Yeah. So that part disturbed me with uh, Ash talking about how he wanted to um, get back at the Diglett immediately. I guess it was kind of like a blood for blood thing, like because apparently this these wrecks have happened a lot before. So Daniel may be like the eighth foreman trying to build this <laughs> thing. We don't know. There could have been like Sevius, seven Sevius, seven previous. I was trying to combine some words there. Sevius uh, was have, the name of the previous foreman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stavius died in the <laughs> autumn. Killed him. His corpse yeah. is being used this, to, if you, for a tree. If you want to get really, yeah. If you want to get really deep about it, so many people died trying to build this dam that they had to resort to automation to get the thing built. It's kind of like what's going on in the Pacific right now with how like the fires burn in the ocean and they can't send people in, so they got to send all these these robots in robots. to try to put it out. Robots. Okay, yep. Zoidberg. Uh. <laughs> And so that's what we got going on here. A very so. topical episode. <laughs> also, our second episode in a row with a Captain Planet environmentalist slant. Yes. <laughs> it is very much so. I also like how the problem is all these trucks and hardware is being upturned by the Diglett, so they bring in seven buses full of young people on the same well, road. They crash the buses. So what's up with that? I think they they realized people were on those. Maybe they kind of oh. had some guilt trips. They could sense the people, the vibrations of people talking on the bus. Or it's like, well, we can't destroy those. Yeah, they're, they're smart. I'm sorry. the the whole This whole time, <laughs> all I could think of was that how nightmarishly terrible a diglet is. Like, what does it look like underneath? <laughs> That's all I could think of. And then that terrible picture that somebody drew of, like, the yes. evil like Cthulhu monster thing underneath the ground and Diglett's just like it's little like fake antenna thing. Uh, Jacob, have you seen Diglett's that particular monstrous. one? I have seen that one. It's it's kind of like that um that one fish where like it has that fake Yeah, the angler fish. Yeah, the thing. angler fish it has that fake thing on the front and people go towards it underneath it literally drags you to hell. Yeah, Diglett's Diglett's a horrifying entity to me. I so. think they're cute. Mm. Hot take. You say that until they drag you underground. And... Well, I've never tried to destroy the environment before, so if anything, yeah. I'm on their side. You, they call it a bug first, don't they? Don't they refer to Diglett as like a bug Pokemon Daniel or does. something like Daniel that? The Daniel does. Daniel does. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's an idiot. Okay, I also, anyway. okay, his last name is Foreman. Daniel Foreman. Daniel Foreman? Yeah. Okay. Then <laughs> Stavius Foreman. <laughs> that was his brother. <laughs> they're, they're all brothers that have died in this thing. Eighth one in line trying to build this dam. <laughs> anyway, Gary shows up. Okay, the scene with Gary interacting with the twerps and all that, that was really fun. Did y'all enjoy that as much that as was I good. did? Yes. I love Gary. There was a lot yes. of like them being silly and interacting like stupid kids. Like I even, I don't even remember what all happened. Gary entered. Yeah, this... go on. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to ask, is this the first time that Gary and Ash have actually had, like, a face-to-face conversation? Beauty and the Beach. Uh, well, we can't... But that didn't happen in America. Even... Yeah, right. that didn't happen. Exactly. Because he seemed genuinely surprised. He's like, oh, hey, it's Ash. Like, they're meeting for the first time. Yeah. So. I wonder if the dub maybe changed the lines a little bit for that to happen. Possibly. So what were you saying before? Just There was a lot happening. Um... 
there was a long sequence. Gary keeps on trying to lord his groupies over Ash and be like, you shouldn't be jealous of my Pokemon. You should be jealous of all my beautiful girlfriends. And Ash is like, are they Pokemon? Because Ash is a fucking idiot. <laughs> that was oh, oh my right gosh. There. We got really creepy Brock. Brock too. was oh. going for it. Yes. Like the whole that episode. That was really weird. Yes. Oh my gosh. With the, when, like when Gary introduces his uh, groupies or whatever, what does he say? Something about like, um, I don't know, like who cares about their age if you're desperate enough whoa, or something whoa. like that. Oh yeah. Whoa. Yeah. The, Did he say the that? The girls. I wrote this in all caps. How old okay, okay, are the yeah, girls? Yes, yes. I assume they're like, I'm, tw- I'm going with like 11 or 12. The girls? They drive a car. This way. I'm going they're with that. Well, Gary's driving the car, isn't he? No. Okay, wait a minute. Maybe the, I'm thinking like they're younger. They're maybe like 13 or something like that. I don't know how they're driving. Ash can drive a boat. Remember that. We don't That's know the true. age limits restrictions <laughs> here. True. We do not know the age limit restrictions, especially with all the autonomous cars being around. Maybe it's an autonomous car. Like Convertible. Yeah, it may be. Yeah, she just fake drives it. <laughs> Plus, there's no laws anyway. There's like 12 in a four-seater with no seatbelts on. Okay, there's not, there's not any laws with this. I was thinking these <laughs> girls were older, like... 16, 17. I was thinking that too. Okay, I hope they but were. But then it gets super weird because Brock is is like asking for their numbers, and they're what do they say? They say like, do they call him an old man? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. No, they referred thought him as an did. old man. No, I thought they agreed. They were like, okay, you know, kind of thing. Oh, they called him sir. They called him sir. Oh, okay, well, that makes it a little better. They say no. They all the girls do is say yes, sir, and he takes it as. You think I'm old? Which I don't think is what that implies. No, I don't know. There was a, there was some sort of pun we didn't get over in English. I don't know. I don't guess not. But it's weird because Brock's not old. I bet they called him Sensei or something like that. Sensei. And the Japanese one, and then like maybe that made him feel old or whatever. How old is Gary supposed to be? Ten. He's Ash's age. Just like Ash. Oh, okay. Remember, he started the same day. Right. Okay. How does how close was Gary to Ash? For him to get there like that. Like, because they talk about Gary being so far advanced that, like, he's light years ahead of Ash. Well, but... first of all, Gary's driving around in a car versus Ash and friends walking around. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Second too, of all, that. I guess they were all called in, so they could have been anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. All the autonomous cars come barraging in. All right, so there's a lot of bickering. They, um, Gary and his groupies drive ahead, but we all meet up at the damn construction site, at which... Gary again. That's when they, Daniel says the Diglitter bug Pokemon, and Gary corrects him. And I wanted to point out all throughout this episode, this is really the first time we've ever seen Gary extensively, even though it wasn't the biggest role in the world. He already has a streak of looking at Pokemon from an analytical perspective. He has all this knowledge about them just off the top of his head, and he cares about um, their unique traits and characteristics. It's just like intuitive for him to do this kind of stuff, and I wrote down. That's yeah, y'all y'all thought that too. Yeah, that's exactly what I wrote down in my notes. I was like, how come there's so much ignorance from everybody but the one, but Gary, like everybody? But it makes it makes a little bit of sense. But what what did you write down? I wrote down, oh my god, did they already have planned from the very beginning that Gary was gonna not continue to be a Pokemon trainer and he was gonna follow in his grandfather's footsteps instead? I was thinking, yeah, the exact that's same how thing. The, the original series ends. That's ex. Yes, that's how exactly I was thinking because um, it makes sense that he's under Oak's tutelage for so long that he he just really kind of grasped what what Oak was preaching, really, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get Gary from being like a smug little brat to uh, 
He's actually like really smart and analytical. Yeah, he's definitely a smug little brat. Like he's like bullying yeah, Ash to his face. Yeah. <laughs> like with no cares in the world, you know. He's like, look at this Corvette and Porsche I got. Look at all these women that follow me. Yeah. I mean, Gary's an immature little brat, but we can see the the characteristics that will make him to be more mature character. We know later. So yeah. I have a question. So Gary is obviously very knowledgeable about the, the Pokemon and basically has like an encyclopedic knowledge, you know, of the Diglett. Like I think at one point he says, oh, they can, you know, when Daniel the foreman was trying to like play whack-a-mole with the Diglett, <laughs> he was like, oh, that's not going to work because they can pull their heads underground at 186,282 miles per hour or per second, which is the speed of light. And I, the whole time I was sitting there thinking, okay, Gary, who is the grandson of Professor Oak, who gave Ash and presumably the other kids the Pokedex, knows more than the actual Pokedex. Oh, like, yeah. Isn't, isn't oh, yeah. Oak supposed to be the one to have, like, programmed this thing? So I don't understand how Dexter doesn't know shit about shit. Dexter's a piece of shit. It is yeah. awful. <laughs> I think it really comes down to that, yeah. Like, Oak made the Pokedex as, like, a intro kind of gadget thing to kind of like maybe give you like a small little brief description but like gary went like deeper so why does he even need to have other people go around and fill out the pokedex when he's got his grandson gary to make them feel like they're doing something i think the anime has has already become very clear at this point it's not like the original red blue concept where it was like you got to go discover the pokemon and fill out the pokedex it's more like this is the rite of passage for young people in this world where they do a Pokemon journey and all this, and, like, you know, the whole, we've discussed this before, the whole thing where presumably the majority of kids do it for a few months and then go back home and resume their yeah. lives, and Ash is the rare exception to that. But... Possibly. I guess It's kind of like that thing that the Amish people do, where you get the <laughs> what week that called? to go out and just, like... <laughs> yeah, I don't care what it's called, but it's kind of like that, where you kind of get to go live your life for a week and decide if you want to go out and continue down that way, or if you want to come back home... So that's that's just what I'm keeping in my head that this uh, Pokemon journey is like. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called though. So I guess Gary's journey that we'll we'll kind of see with some pieces of is he went out with the same Pokemon training thing, but what he d- ends up discovering is what what he really wants to do as a career path in life, which we see unlike Ash. Hints of. Well, I mean Ash yeah. does accomplish <laughs> his goals, kind of. <laughs> uh, I don't know the ways he accomplishes them is questionable but we're not we're so not at good ash yet <laughs> we're not yeah. at confidence yeah, ash. No, no not even towards the end of these episodes but we'll see anyway i also like how i noted gary knows the speed of light off the top of his head that's really yeah really, that's like really impressive and also really impressive of the diglet for being able to go at the speed of light i don't think that's possible but okay you know what really bothers me with hearing how smart gary is and how wise he is when it comes to Pokemon, and how rich we know Oak is, how come Gary didn't go to one of those private schools <laughs> that we saw that we saw earlier? That's a good question. Yeah, he could just, like, he would be a Pokemon master at, like, 12 in two years or something like that, because he would just be able to pass every grade with the speed of light. I don't know, Gary, Gary is a, he's a little bit of a snob, but I think deep down he's a morally decent person so we could have a whole episode dedicated to the morality of gary but... we could have an entire series about the morality of paul anyway oh, boy. <laughs> oh i'm so excited don't even get me started on that okay anyway um gary is the first trainer to throw out his pokeball and it simply 
Does anyone have any Pokeball mechanics thoughts on that? So the Pokemon are in control. Yes. They can refuse orders and and decide not to come out. Has this happened before? Like in a previous episode? I don't think so. That we've watched? It hasn't. This is the first time we see this? Because I know what happens is like in the future. It does? A few times, but I think so. So Maybe in the movies. They clearly have free will in terms of whether or not they want to come out on their I mean Psyduck comes out on its own. That's true. But they can also refuse not to come out yeah. when called. So yeah. they won't come out because they'll harm the Diglett. Somehow all the Pokemon in their Pokeballs are aware that the Diglett are staging yeah. an activism protest and they're all on their side. Yeah. Including Pikachu, who's all like, No, no, I'm out Which kinda goes back to the theory that Diglett is more than just what we see pop up above the surface. Maybe there's this, like, Orphis underneath that's projecting telekinesis or it's something. Like a, it's like that Lovecraftian <laughs> creature Alex was mentioning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's mind controlling. This thing that looks like, yeah, just like Dredgen. <laughs> I think the trees that are growing back are actually part of the Diglett. We have proof that Diglett have more knowledge than they should be able to have. Because Diglett, all the Pokemon trainers stupidly throw hundreds of pokeballs into a giant pile all the diglet (laughs) know which ball belongs to which trainer and they politely return them to each oh that is a good point yeah they're part of a hive mind (laughs) of a greater creature (laughs) they're all connected to the same creature at the center of the earth (laughs) it's like the flood in halo there's the grave mind that controlling every single one of them to do their bidding okay that's disturbing it makes me hate diglet even more but they were so polite (laughs) they were so cute no i'm sorry you can't convince me otherwise not to break the streak real quick but this episode was kind of weird because in the games it's a cave isn't it yes that, okay it's like a featureless so this cave co- that's diagonal yeah so so i think the the messaging here is what they were going for was like pretty thought of from the beginning we're not going to put them in a cave like the game we're going to put them on a hillside being destroyed or deforestation kind of thing going on here captain planet he's a hero Anyway, um, so all the trainers leave. Gary leads. Gary's been in charge of all these people. Um, he's like, this is worthless. He makes this comment about the Daniel Foreman doing his whack-a-mole shit. <laughs> <laughs> and they all leave, except for the twerps. Who get a free hotel spa stay? They didn't even do anything, and somehow they still got the free hotel stay. So I don't get that, but whatever. I wouldn't be complaining. That bothered me how Gary just dipped out. He comes in there and talks such a hype game. And then, like, the moment a Pokemon will come out, he's like, well, I don't care. I'm leaving. See y'all. My dad owns eight hotels with baths that I could just go go in at any time. So. <laughs> I actually have thoughts about that, but I'm going to save it. Ooh. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just interject whenever. Yeah. Um. So Team Rocket, meanwhile, is depressed because Ekans and Coffin wouldn't be able to stop 300 people from defeating them. <laughs> They think that we have to induce evolution in them, which they accident—that was weird. They accidentally do by crying, and their tears of love for their Pokemon cause them to both evolve into the iconic Arbok and Weezer. Charbok. Charbok. Perfect. Weezing doesn't look like an evolution. He looks like a downgrade. He, he, oh, lo- he looks like he's suffering. <laughs> <laughs> that thing looks like miserable. It looks like like an experiment gone wrong in a movie. Where the monster just looks at people and goes, kill me, or something. I... It looks, like, decrepit and... Oh, ugh. I disagree. I like wheezing. <laughs> I think it's completely dumb in its own way, but... 
I like it. I wish they had done better with its voice, because I know in the Japanese version, both the big wheezing and the little wheezing both have their own individual voices that they talk in sync. There's like a high-pitched one and a deeper voice one, and I wish they had done that in the dub. Why they didn't do that? That's awesome. They'd be like that uh, Ichi Ni Kevin. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Godzilla reference. Thank you. I mean, I think they kind of tried to do it. There's like a reverb, like a... I can't even do it. Like, oh god, uh, <laughs> oh my god. I can't do it. I guess I don't have. You two sound heads. like a smoker having an attack. <laughs> well, oh well, they could have done better. Meanwhile, the twerps are bathing and they follow the diglet and they realize the diglet are terraforming the fountainside, which Brock <laughs> foolishly says means they must be responsible for every force in the world, which. Maybe is true if all the diglets are a hive mind that are available at all locations at all times. That makes them even more terrifying. <laughs> Maybe they did terraform the world. That's what I'm thinking. So the only reason cities exist is because this diglet hive mind has, like, portioned out some land for people to live on. <laughs> Designated areas. Like, <laughs> yeah, humans. Like you can live here. <laughs> but to put these cities in specific spots... Huh. Maybe all these cults we've mid mentioned have like are under control of the hive mind of the Diglett. Oh my god! Oh my god! Now we're getting like really into it. They're all worshiping. <laughs> what guess. if like Diglett's like like the Antichrist figure in the post opposition <laughs> to Arceus? <laughs> yeah. Oh, forget about Giratina. I guess it's Diglett. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I so I do want to point out Brock makes a mistake during this part. He says at one point he's like, "Oh, this is where all the Diglett and Doug Trio live." And he says, oh, the diglet plow the ground and the dug trio plant the trees. But that's actually the opposite mm-hmm. of what we see on the screen. It's the dug trio that are plowing the field and then the diglets who are propping up the little trees. So I'm like, oh, that's they got that wrong. This is a bad episode for Brock. He's like striking out everywhere. Everything he says know, is Brock wrong. didn't have a good showing He's in doing this okay. episode. He's just trying to, you know, dot the T's and cross the I's. It's the, same, huh. it's the same for the next episode where he says a metamorphosis attack and Missy has yeah, to be the one who was... says no it just evolved you idiot <laughs> that was weird we'll get that in a minute. Okay. that was really weird okay. I, I highlighted that deeply in my notes <laughs> anyway Daniel Foreman <laughs> followed the twerps because he had been watching them in their bathing suits for a while and he knew where, where they were going to go Team Rocket attacks yeah, and he was really sweaty too when he saw them Oh, ew. Daniel announces that the Damn construction project is now off because Diglets want to plant trees, which I don't think Daniel has that authority to cancel a multi-million me. dollar project. It bothered me so this. much. Yeah, his brothers all died for nothing. If this dam doesn't get built, <laughs> maybe the Diglet were mind controlling him. I don't know. <laughs> he became subject to the hive mind. <laughs> they should have had him sitting there, like with his eyes whited out. I think I'm gonna go home now. It seems like building this dam would be a bad idea. Just gets in the he gets in the passenger side of the, the dump truck and it just takes off. I'd like to note that during this whole time they say they're constructing a dam, but I didn't see a lake or any kind of body of water at all. No. So what exactly is the purpose of this? Was it not a dam? I wasn't even paying attention. It was just like a part, like a portion of a wall, really. It I mean, looked like a retaining wall. Yeah. And then it did like a dam. There's like, no where's water at the, all. The lake that's supposedly they're damming up. I I don't even what whatever. There was hot springs. Yeah, well, that doesn't count. No, it doesn't. I I think 
there that it could have been a dam if they were trying to like redirect water to that area. I mean, it could have been a man-made. They could be doing a man-made lake situation. Oh wait, we yeah. did see a vision think... of the Pokemon drowning. D- what? We had a. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Rattatas and shit, and like they were being over swept away by water. Okay, mm-hmm. what? I I don't recall seeing this at all. It was really quick. Oh my god. Okay. It was like well, a, it was an imagined spot. It, it didn't actually it, happen. Jesus, I, I missed that. I guess, but but you're right. Where was I, the water? Yeah. I, I think I think I may have been mistaken. I think he was going to. It was a man-made lake situation because they oh. were going to flood the yeah. area. Okay. So maybe just they were going to build a new city and needed like a water supply or something like that. God, Diglett how did will I miss not the... have that. Yeah. How, how did I miss the the sequence of the Ratatas drowning? It was really fast. It's like still frames. Yeah. God. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Team Rocket attacks and Diglett and Dugtrio take that as their time to have a full frontal assault because they create a wave of the earth and attack Team Rocket, but they also destroy the construction project in a moment. They could have done that at any time, I'm just saying. I think they were waiting for the the plot moment. Uh, they waited for the, Daniel to announce the project off, and now he's yeah, like, and they're yeah, like, say yeah. no more. <laughs> we're on it. <laughs> so that just means they were teasing him the whole time. So they were just causing just enough like chaos to where it would like just set him back like a week. So like every time we make a bit of progress, it would just keep going back. Diglets are a cruel <laughs> creature. So we may not we may not even talk about millions. We may be talking about like multi millions if they just continuously kept disrupting the same process over and over again. You know, and and they and theoretically, if the trucks crashed each tr- each time trying to get up there, they'd have to replace the trucks as well. So, I mean, these diglets have wrecked this economy for this area. So, way to go, hive mind. But it's for the best, apparently. <laughs> so that's it. That's the episode. Brock says, and Fuchsia Gem is just over that mountain. I'm like, Brock, when the fuck did you figure that out? <laughs> but that's where they were in the beginning. I know. Though, literally like... at the beginning. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's just over the mountain. And Brock, at the end, acts like, oh, and good thing, we're almost there. It's just over the mountain. I'm like, you literally made no progress, but whatever. He's just guessing. He even says He's just pointing at standard. some point. This wasn't, I guess this episode wasn't a total waste. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It was God. kind of a waste to me. <laughs> what were you trying to say earlier, Alex? About what? Oh, no, you said, ooh, I got something to say later. Oh, about Gary. Yeah. But that was, it was for, it was a... Uh, it's for our MVP, LVP segment. All right. But oh, I have to wait perfect. my turn to say it. That was an excellent That was an excellent transition. Right there. <laughs> excellent segue. Excellent, excellent segue. So now let's move on to our MVP and LVP, where we pick our most valuable player and our least valuable player. Remember the rules, no repeats. And also, we're going to do the quote that impacted us the most this episode, because there were so many, so many good quotes. All right. Let me get the randomizer ready. Austin, me, Alex. Right. Oh, no. Okay. Don't pick my person. <laughs> okay. My MVP is Daniel Foreman. Damn it! Because <laughs> we didn't really talk about him very much. Um, but he was funny. He was crazed. He was manic. He was going to kill those fucking diglets. And he was, like, so pathetic. I felt so bad for him the whole time. He's just a working grunt who's, well, I mean, he's the only person the working foreman. there. Yeah. And he's he's ignorant of Pokemon as well. Yeah, but then he sees the the Diglets planting trees, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't realize they were alive." I guess, and so he single handedly cancels the project. Probably got fired and sued by the company, 
and his life was ruined to save some diglets. So good for him. Poor Daniel Foreman. <laughs> good for him. He has high... I think this is the Pokemon world. They all have high moral standards, so there's probably no negative consequences for him. They were like, we didn't... We should have named him George Foreman. We didn't do a simple environmental survey before we started this project. They have a universal basic income. Remember we discussed this with Delia and how she lives, like, presumably with no work. So I think Daniel Foreman's okay. Yep. And by the way, George Foreman did not um, become with Foreman, who was being killed by Diglett's because he was too busy with his grills. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that joke, Jacob. You think those Diglett are a problem? <laughs> My steak won't cook. <laughs> My LVP is going to be Dexter because Dexter right? states once again <laughs> that um, he has no information available on Dugtrio. Dexter, you don't have inter- information on Dugtrio? What, what are you even for? You're worthless. Throw that Pokédex in the trash. It literally could have said... Doug Trio are just a trio of diglets who come together. It digs holes. Yeah, anything. Yeah, Literally anything. Dexter's the Fucking worst. Dexter. I guess my quote's going to be Ash talking to Team Rocket at the end of the episode saying, Oh, Team <laughs> Rocket, I forgot about them. Sorry, guys, but we're not in the mood right now, okay? He's so done with their crap. <laughs> Although, I, it, to be fair, Meowth, didn't he like jump in before that? He was like, look, they've heard it all before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. He's like, they get it. You don't need to keep going through this every time. Alrighty, so my... You stole my MVP, Austin, but I'll give my MVP to... Uh, I'm going to go with a double dose here of Arbok and Weezing Aww. for realizing the love and affection that their trainers have for them and taking that into consideration as they go through extreme painful process of evolving. And... Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, <laughs> I assume it's painful because look how Weezing face. looks. <laughs> look how Weezing looks after. It's just... It just, it can't be good. It can't be fun. What about Arbok? Arbok seems like it's okay, but... Yeah, but the it just... Uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, it's painful. that My LVP was Gary, because he was kind of like a... Even though he showed his analytical skills, he was kind of just a smug little brat, and when things didn't go his way, he just peeled out instead <laughs> of trying to actually keep helping. Once the prize became not something that he could win, he just dipped out, you know, and he... That bothered me. You should help out when you say you're going to help out. And then my quote is, we have a out of the drawing pan first here, and my quote comes from the narrator, who at the end says, this just comes to show you that if you do a little digging, you can always find something good. Mm -hmm. Aw, that was a very good lesson. Alrighty, Alex, your go. So I, this is what I was saving, and thank you. If you guys had originally picked Gary for MVP, I want to thank you for letting me have it (laughs) in the end. Because I have a different take than you, Jacob. I think that Gary was the MVP for this episode because I don't think he dipped out. I don't see it that way. I don't think that he was selfishly like, oh, well, there's no prize. I'm, you know, there's nothing left for me here. I'm going to go. I think that he was very mature and he knew when he needed to move on. He said, you know, if the Pokemon won't come out in battle, there's no reason for trainers to be here and, you know, continue to cause problems unless you want to watch Daniel Foreman act the fool and keep playing whack-a-mole with the diglet but you know i also thought like when we were talking about before you know he was showing off some of his professor pokemon professor chops he was very smart he knew more than dexter this episode so. well so does everyone <laughs> and yeah, so it's does not everyone. that hard maybe <laughs> it's not a, a hard hurdle to jump but um i was impressed with gary i thought he he was very knowledgeable and mature 
and then he I think he used the guise of like oh this is too lame and you know there's nothing for me here so peace out but I really think he's like okay well there's no reason for trainers to keep causing trouble so we're gonna leave the diglet to in their national environment alone so on to the next thing so I was proud of him and the LVP I put Brock because <laughs> he was an absolute creep this episode like trying to get people's numbers and names and just being really weirdly desperate and not in like a funny or endearing way so and it was anybody's number it was like i'm gonna yeah. cast the whole net out there and see which one i pull out of the water yeah he didn't even care as long as he just got somebody and i'm like okay that's enough brock could have been daniel's yeah he could have got daniel foreman's number that's my fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> oh god what quote did i even pick there wasn't a lot of good quotes for this episode i guess maybe the at the beginning where James and Jesse are observing this construction happening and James says, maybe we're being attacked by aliens from another planet. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> oh, that, I forgot to mention that. That bothered me too. How the kids just run directly towards the explosions <laughs> instead of like actually being away from them. That just goes to show that any kind of like diabolical situation, Ash would just run towards like the fire and, that's just falling off a cliff that's ash just sticking his nose in where it doesn't belong and so that's again why gary is better because he knows when to get the hell out and leave things alone so (laughs) well said well done very well done (laughs) any more thoughts or opinions everybody or does that conclude our thoughts i think we've all said what we need to say about diglett (laughs) all right after episode 30 that concludes episode 31 dig those diglett now let's move on to episode 32, The Ninja Pokey Showdown. Mm. Oh, Alex, you've got a... I, I hate this. This actually really is a tough hurdle. To get over. I hate this so much. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just do what I did and just BS it. Get ready. Be all right. Okay. In three, two, one, go. Okay, so in this episode, we go to the village hidden in the leaves where we meet a young boy with yellow hair who's possessed by a fox demon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ash keep going, come going, across. keep going. Okay, are we starting? They come, a- <laughs> no. they come across a mansion in the woods, which isn't in Fuchsia City, but it's the ninja gym, and they meet Aya, the ninja warrior girl, who challenges Ash to a battle after Ash almost dies several times in their trick room weird hellscape hole. And then they meet Koga, and they battle, and Team Rocket's there, and they also battle, and eventually um, Ash beats Koga and wins the soul badge, um, and Charmander saves the day. Hooray. <laughs> That's great. Time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did we end? This can't still be going on. We're end or done. It's done. It's done. You've got another 15 seconds. When did it end? <laughs> I don't know. I stopped being indigent. <laughs> oh, my God. Great summary. Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all are trying to murder me, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's Daniel Foreman trying to do that. I tried to take a page out of Jacob's book and do something <laughs> wacky. It took me a second. I, I was like, I was like, Village of the Leaves? What? I forgot all about Naruto. <laughs> Naruto. I did too, yeah. I just remember them running. Yeah, they're running. The run? All right, all right, all right. So we're heading to Fuchsia Lord. Gym, which again is not in Fuchsia City. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> I wonder Brock couldn't find it on his map. Misty. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Go. Sorry. I have to say one thing. Apparently, 
I the twerps don't know where this mansion is and apparently like this whole time they're like oh where's the gym we didn't know this was the gym but at some point James says this is the famous ninja mansion so what is it is it a well-known mansion or is it a no a place in the middle of nowhere I don't know sorry I think okay (laughs) that James would know about it because we do know his background even though we don't know it yet so there is a reason that James would know of like the prep school and like the famous mansions well it clearly isn't that famous but these are the same people who didn't know about the giant robot theme park true yeah this is the pokemon lovers club oh geez kind of people we got going on here where it's like this inner circle conflict going on this pissed me off because i'm like (laughs) it's inconsistent is what it is (laughs) anyway (laughs) anyway we get some setup where misty wants to get rid of psyduck uh, he wants to, she wants to trade it for Vulpix. Uh, Brock is so charmed by Vulpix's beauty because Susie's so great, I guess. They all wander into the ninja mansion. They just introduce themselves into this giant building. They're like, hello? Is anyone there? Is this a Japanese restaurant? <laughs> I got a quick question before we go. Sorry, I should have interject earlier. But have you ever heard of a cold water getting rid of a headache? Oh, yeah, that blew me off. Okay, Misty said cold water. Could... We're gonna take it, it take it back. There's two two things I should interject in before this. The one is the sketchy bridge. Oh yeah, it's like a plank. It's just like a <laughs> yeah, it's like a two by it's like two by four plank that someone just somehow like rednecked across the river, and then we have a some doctor notes about how to get rid of a headache. Does cold water worsen a headache? I've never heard that in my life. It can true? give you a brain freeze if you oh, okay. drink it too fast, which I assume would not be a good thing for a headache. I always heard when you have a headache, drink water. Like, yeah. drink a lot of it, because you're probably dehydrated or But like, maybe, like, luke, not, like, lukewarm, but room temperature water, not full ice cubes. Well, there were no ice cubes in the stream. Well, I know, yeah. but <laughs> you, I mean, if you're drinking cold water, like, in real reality. Oh, okay, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the beginning of the episode really bothered me because they talk about, like, again, in the sketchy bridge, they say, if we fall, it's over. They fell, like, 100 feet before and nothing happened to them. They've fallen way from high, higher heights than this, and their journey's still going. So, again, with inconsistencies, Alex. Thankfully, the the plank that goes over the giant ridge was not a Melanie trap. It was a, <laughs> a ninja true, gateway, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Oh, it was the training. Yeah, that is yeah, a good yeah. Point. It is a train. It is balance training. That's okay. what I assumed it was anyway. Yeah, good point. I didn't think about that. They go through the ninja gym. They are a ninja mansion, I guess. They follow a Benanat and its annoying voice. Voltorb <laughs> oh, yes. keeps exploding at them. Um, I noted that this place is like a literal torture trap, and I thought of the H. H. Holmes Hotel murder oh my trap. God. Did y'all? Did y'all think of that? I went to um. My mind went to Saw. Yeah, it was not a safe environment. And the fact that it's riddled with death and traps means, of course, it's a Kanto gym. It was unregulated yeah. gym. <laughs> At one point, they assume Ash has fallen out of the building and died. He gets ninja stars thrown yeah, at him. Yeah, he gets like, pinned up on a wall with shuriken. Yeah, if he was like a second over, or like one little foot over, he would have got stabbed in the eyeball. Right. Like butters. Ew. He's pinned to the wall by Aya. The hot pink clad ninja, which I love. <laughs> Naruto did Naruto even exist at this point? Because I feel like they're already parodying Naruto with this I bullshit. Think so. We need to uh, we need to research that as well. Like look it up and see what the what the timeline it was. I'm on it. 
it's funny when Alex mentioned the, the Naruto in her summary. I was actually getting that kind of vibe. It was... Well, it's the series is based on two one-shot manga, which was the first ones in 95 and 97. Okay, this was 97. The show ran from... 99 to 2014, according to this Wikipedia article. Okay, so, I don't think it's a Naruto reference, but it does seem like it. It's all around the same time. Yeah. This was like when ninjas were popular, apparently, instead of zombies, so... Aya, the ninja girl, is really scary, because she's like, I won't let you leave without a battle. Battle me! Ash beats Venonat with Bulbasaur. And then Aya gets scold scolded by her her brother, brother? who appears brother? to be her, her father but yeah okay let's talk about that okay, so okay, that, yeah. that confused everybody yes, too. Yes, i was yes. like is this her father koga has a daughter in the game correct right? after this but, yes okay janine janine that's right who never appears in the anime ever really never oh dang okay so do you think this was like supposed janine was supposed to be aya or like or what, what do you think happened? What's your uh, theory, Austin? Oh, God. Well, this is so weird because, <laughs> like, she's visibly younger than him, probably because women aren't allowed to be older. <laughs> and Koga's, like, an old man. Like, he's, like, 50, right? He's yeah, older. yeah. He looks like... He has touch of gray going on. Yeah. You know? And Aya's, like, 19? <laughs> 20? Yeah. I thought it was she was younger than oh, that. Well, she could be, she yeah. Been... 16 is what I was thinking. I mean, she could be Koga's sister, but... That's not that is, what I would that's assume. That's a stretch. Yeah. That is a big stretch. Is that like a translation thing where, you know, she calls him like big brother like they do as an honorific, mm. just like a master type thing, and she's not really his sister? Is that maybe possible? It may have been senpai, like senpai in Japanese or something like yeah. that. And they were like, that won't translate English. But they could have said like teacher or Yeah. I mean, that's what master. I'm saying. Maybe it's a... a localization thing where they just she could have said teacher i wish they had oh, said teacher. Wikipedia said apparently she was raised by koga since she was young well, i don't know where okay. they got that from she also has interest in poetry what oh that's interesting she probably writes a lot of poetry about death and destruction she's an Alan, edgar Allan poe, poe kind of person i guess huh, that's weird well. though so this is like an adopted brother situation go, going on here maybe god fucking knows all i know is She's not Janine from the games, who was introduced later, <laughs> but it's very confusing yeah. that they have Koga have, mul- in different media, multiple different young family members around I wish him. that they would have just called her Janine and cleared up all sorts of confusion. Also, point of note, Aya comes back during Johto, but Janine oh. is never introduced. Weird. That's Oh, oh yeah, I do know what you're talking she about. She continues to come back. Yeah. Koga doesn't. Huh. No. Whatever. <laughs> he handed the uh, the death trap off to her. It's her responsibility now. Which I guess she must have a good navigation ability of that house for it to be... <laughs> Could you imagine stepping wrong? Like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> wrong step. <laughs> I was so confused. Because at first I thought this was, like, their home. But it's actually a ninja training ground. And also the gym. Meaning, presumably, gym trainers have to find this unmarked location in the woods not die, and then fight Koga, who won't let them leave unless he fights them. you got to test your physical capabilities as well as your Pokemon capabilities. Well, then I would not be able to get this badge. Yeah, I thought it was a Japanese restaurant when I first saw it. 
but that's what Team Rocket thought it was. Word. <laughs> um, recapping battles is really boring. Koga has a Venom that too. It evolves into Venomoth. Um, Ash battles it until Team Rocket attacks. Does a Kabuki. That part, yeah. That annoyed me. That Team Rocket that interrupted annoyed me a lot. Yes, because I was like, okay, finally we get actual like a cool battle sequence going on because we haven't got one. I felt like since Surge, really. Mm-hmm. Like an actual where they put some money into the animation for the battles, and I feel like we're gonna rev up to that point. Then Team Rocket spoils it, so I was actually kind of a little upset with that and the direction they chose to go. The battle was very, very underwhelming. Yeah, they have not figured that shit out yet. And no. also, Bulbasaur knows Whirlwind. Oh, did he? Whirlwind. <laughs> yes. yes, he does use Whirlwind. Ash oh is God. like when he's fighting Aya the first time before Team Rocket inter- interrupts them. He's like, which, why did he choose Bulbasaur? I'll never understand it, but apparently it knows Whirlwind somehow. Can it learn that in the game? I don't, no, I don't know. No way. Sure okay, not. I was making sure. No. Well, I mean, there's been eight generations of the game. It's maybe at some point. That's true. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> like something now, but not then. It's kind of like Dragon Rage and what we were talking about the other day. Like Dragon Rage Twister. and the other Whirlpool. Twister, yeah. They just got confused. Recapping, recapping, have- recapping. Sorry, you got me. I got you off. <laughs> no, I was about to say like so. Team Rocket comes in. Sorry, Team Rocket the, comes uh, in. They they use the Voltorb for an escape, which made me feel so bad for the Voltorb. These poor creatures have to explode all the time. Coco was you. absolutely useless, by the way. Yes, he was useless. I'm like, you're supposed to be a gym leader and a ninja master, and you're just standing there like a dumbstruck idiot. Like just whatever. All we know about Coca Coca. is that Coca Coca is our Coke Coca Coca Coco Cocaine. Whoa, cocaine! All we know about this uh, gym leader is that (laughs) he just wants to escape. That's all he's good at is like escaping and trying to leave in deception. He has no, he can't throw or do anything. He just is a better ninja to die. Yeah, like, I is a way better ninja. I love, they, like, escaped into a different room, but I missed when they did that. All of a sudden, they were just falling down, and Koga says, this is a slanted room to confuse our enemies. And I wrote down, Koga, who are your enemies? Other Koga ninja. would be useless in any other environment. He is, like, if he didn't have his toys and his, like, confusion rooms and his misconceptions, he would be useless. He would not, he couldn't fight, he can't do anything, he just sacrifices Voltorb, which I don't, how did he get that many to begin with to get out of tough situations? I guess Team, Ro- Stupid. Team Rocket is able to outwit Koga with their spider web attack. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, and only the magic of Psyduck, who pops out of his ball by himself for, I think, the first time, he is able to unleash his psychic abilities to everyone's surprise, and which includes spider web melting abilities. Team Rocket goes blasting off again. Aya and Koga both want Psyduck because they're opportunistic assholes. Misty says no. Brock makes a sexist comic that the heart of women are a fickle thing. Yep. Ash battles. I thought... Yeah, go on. <laughs> I was... Uh, sorry, I, when you talk about the spiderweb melting, I thought, like, that was going to take a real dark turn when, like, could Psyduck melt people if he got mad enough? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> if he's, like... He sits there and he's, like, so confused that he just... Just... Oh, is Psyduck like the, the, the Jean Grey of Pokemon? You think everyone is Jean Grey of Pokemon? <laughs> uh, if there's one thing we learned from Sabrina, it's that psychic abilities allow you to do everything. They're limitless possibilities in the Pokemon <laughs> universe. 
I love that. He's the Jean Grey of Pokemon. Oh my god, Dark Psyduck. <laughs> oh my Dark god. Psyduck. I'm imagining him with like a red wig and shit. <laughs> <laughs> he only has three hairs. According to three red hairs. Three hairs. Oh my god, that was my quote. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that, the fact that they were referencing the, the cartoony design of Psyduck. Yeah. It oh wouldn't God. take too long to brush because he only has three hairs. So, good thing you got your quote out of the way early. Yep, no, yep, kidding. yep. <laughs> anyway, Koga and Ash fight. Oh. Um, Golbat versus Charmander. Uh, Charmander wins. Um, Ash gets That was such badge. a pathetic fight. And, I'm sorry. And, and then we never see Koga again. That's fine with but me. But we do see Aya again. Rip Koga. I think I like to think that Koga like ha- happened earlier when he he misstepped one night, and a Voltorb exploded on him, or a Ninja Star got him, and then Aya had to take over. <laughs> were were these Voltorb? I was under the impression that they were Koga's Voltorb. So the fact that they were attacking Koga also and Aya kind of confused me. But whatever. They're like prisoner Voltorb. Yeah, God. one was underneath the floorboard, just sitting there. When they first walk in, it kicks up a floorboard, and one's just sitting there waiting to... I guess he was like a mine or something. If you stepped wrong, it just exploded under your foot. Poor thing. Yeah, what a weird... Alright, that's all. I, I really have nothing to say about this one. It was just a wacky yeah. misadventure that wasn't as wacky as it probably could have been. We got to see Pidgeotto. <laughs> that's the highlight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally. We're kind of getting this routine now where we see Pidgeotto every three episodes or something like that instead of never. I guess now we can move on to our most valuable player and least valuable players. Along with our inspirational quotes, let's do the randomizer. It is Alex, me, and then Austin. Okay. I guess I'll give my MVP to Jesse, And the reason for that being that she... She had, well, it's kind of my quote too, but her flawless use of alliteration in this episode. (laughs) And that was my quote. So she says that they're talking about, you know, breaking into the ninja mansion. And Jesse says, poisonous Pokemon are positively perfect for perfidious people like us. (laughs) And (laughs) it's pretty good. And James says, what does that mean? And Jesse says, she throws him a, a thorned rose and she says, it means beautiful things can be painful. And I was like, damn, Jesse, okay. I really liked her in this episode. I know. I'm sorry, can I interrupt? I have an interjection about that. Yes. I wrote down, oh my god, this is the cardinal sin for Team Rocket, this moment right here. (laughs) Why? Because, I mean, they do this in the Four Kids Hub sometimes, where they're like, have long stretches of alliteration lines, because I guess they're supposed Mm -hmm. to be like, artistes, or whatever. Um... (laughs) After four kids leaves, do y'all not remember this? Team Rocket gets so fucking annoying. They're always doing yes. alliteration and like stupid shit like that all the time, and it drives me bananas. I do know exactly what you're talking about now. The execution isn't done yeah. well. The four nope. kids dub makes it entertaining and fun. I think it's fun when they do it once in a while, but there, there's a point where that's literally every word out their mouths is like bullshit and just wait till we get to the what is it their motto in black and white oh christ is it oh god just the hammer of justice and the black whiteness of the universe whatever thundering it was terrible (laughs) (laughs) anyway sorry 
I, anyway, I just thought this was, it was clever. But Jacob, you were saying something. Oh, no, I was agreeing with Austin. I was like, yeah, they get terrible. Like, rewatching this, I'm realizing that James is my favorite character. <laughs> and then, like, seeing, <laughs> seeing that go to what it becomes, I get a little sadder with each episode. So, oh. But not to... Not to have too much melancholy here. You can continue, Alex. We got, we got several years of four kids team rocket to come. Yeah. We're good for yeah. now. We'll have to <laughs> we have to relish it while we can. So, so the LVP for this episode, I put Misty because she was just a little bitch to Psyduck the whole time until it could actually do something, and then she's like, "Oh, Psyduck." You're the best. I wouldn't trade you for anything. And I'm like, you only said that after the fact. You treated it like garbage this whole time, making fun of its three hairs and how useless it is. And you only cared about it after the fact. So that wasn't very good Pokemon trainery of her. And yeah, so I that and my quote was the thing from before. So all right, with my MVP, I was gonna, I think I was gonna go with Psyduck, but I think I'm gonna go with uh, Voltorb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because I feel like they were kind of abused a little bit, and they just did the bidding of Koga, Coco, whatever, gym leader. And I don't know, I just found them bad because they were dying. Because there's one scene where one rolls out there, and it explodes, and the smoke clears, and it's just gone. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying it's true, but I think I saw a little bit of red dust on the ground. So is it like it exploding. Voltorb is like a bee? If it stings you, like it, ex- like if it stings you, it dies. <laughs> yes. Like if it explodes, yeah, exactly. it dies. <laughs> it just kept self-destructing itself, oh. and there's like, I don't know how it's not an endangered species. If every single time it like gets startled, it just kills itself. But what even is a Voltorb? How does it even? Like, how does it come to be? I mean, there's that whole mythology about like first appeared in a Pokeball factory and. we'll get there someday (laughs) what's that like a really awful city we just came from Gringy city Gringy city yeah i think that's where voltorb came from there's a pokeball factory there and it just mutated with all the sludge they all rolled downhill to koga's mansion yeah they just rolled there (laughs) and then my uh my lvp is wheezing and arbok i know they were my mvp the previous episode, but they're my LVP now, is because we get this really cool introduction with them when the room explodes and they like come in there and we see them for the first time. But then freaking stupid Team Rocket shoots spider webs out of their hands <laughs> instead of actually using them to battle. So that, that, that felt bad for them and that pissed me off. So they're my LVP. And then uh, move along here to my quote. I referenced it a little earlier is when they look over the hill and James goes, huh. It looks like a Japanese restaurant. (laughs) Once again, James, you prove yourself as being my favorite character with (laughs) some of your comments. Lord, he really is your favorite. He is. I love James. My MVP for this episode is going to go to Psyduck. Thank you for freeing him up for me. All Psyduck did was try to drink some water. Missy gave him all the shit. And then he unleashed his unbelievable strength and his ability to solve um, things through the power of plot devices. So good for him, good for his cool glowing blue eyes and all that, and his three hairs. <laughs> My LVP goes twice in a row. It goes to Dexter because Dexter says it it doesn't have any information on Voltorb. And I'm like, is this fucking three episodes in a row where the Pokédex <laughs> doesn't have anything to say about the Pokémon? I'm, I'm sick of it. Fuck you, Dexter. I miss you back in episode one. You were way more fun back then. 
Uh, and you were snarkier. You used to have a personality. What happened, Dexter? Yeah. Dexter has fucking given up. He does not care. <laughs> He's like, I, I, put me away. I'm done. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> Is it just the writers, like, trying to keep this air of mysteriousness to the the weirder Pokemon, like, you know, Magnemite and Dugtrio and, like, the weirder ones? It's just... And, the dra- and any dragon Pokemon, apparently, that shows up. It's just too much mystery behind it. I don't know. Pokemon. Like, why it say... Sorry. What? I said Oak, Dragon Pokemon. Oak just programmed it to keep the kids oh, like. Oh, sorry. Oh, Bill. Like... <laughs> Bill, that's right. <laughs> I was like, what? Why are you just oh yelling that out? Pokemon, come back. <laughs> I don't know. It's just they could say anything. I could. They could have said, like you said earlier, Austin. Just it's a mysterious, you know, inanimate object come to life. You know, rumor that it's a Pokeball. In disguise or something. Oh, I don't know. Voltorb. It shocks you. It explodes. I could be the fucking Pokedex. Yeah. Careful of this Pokemon. It'll explode if you, you know, harass it or something. But It always has angry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you go. Alright, and my quote was the three hairs. <laughs> oh, goodness. I love that, that little reference in there. Breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Could you imagine Pokemon, like, some of these Pokemon in real life, like, if you saw a completely, like, featherless duck, why don't they call them feathers? You know what? That's a good point. They call them hairs, but wouldn't it be feathers? That's true. Used to be human. But anyway, what if you saw a completely featherless duck with, like, rubbery skin with just, like, three feathers poking out of its head? That'd be terrifying. Constantly rubbing its head. Yeah. Like this. Um, y'all should look in the chat because I actually have the canonical answer to that. That fact that it has hairs and not feathers? No, I have a canonical answer to what Psyduck looks like in real life. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. That's actually pretty good. That's horrifying. I do not like that, but I respect <laughs> it. Is this from the Detective Pikachu movie? Yes, that's from the Detective Pikachu movie. So it it looks like it has yellow feathers. Yeah, I think like they, they all have like textures like that. Here's another one where we see the hairs. The hairs look Ew, scary. I hate it. Oh. This thing is... Why do I not remember Psyduck even appearing in that movie? It was like a major one, yeah. Yeah, it was the main character. Maybe it's because it's so horrifying looking. The fact that its eyes are still the same big white eyes with tiny little black... That's really scary. That doesn't look right. (laughs) They could have made it a little bit more... Not terrifying. (laughs) It's just in this picture you see the major contrast between... uh... Psyduck's eyes are so tiny and beady, and then you've got Pikachu's eyes that are just, like, nothing but the black. Oh, here we go. There's another one. Yeah, again. <laughs> it's just the... Psyduck looks weird. Like, oh, the eyes. Yeah. Nose holes. I think they put a lot of effort into Pikachu, because Pikachu looks amazing in that movie. And I think they were like, oh, we'll just take some money out of the Psyduck budget for Pikachu. I mean, I remember Mewtwo looking decent, but... The Psyduck. I kind of want to reflect on the fact that there was a live-action Pokemon movie, and I feel like it made no impact whatsoever on anyone. No, I I thought it was good. I I liked it, it, but I feel like we always forget it exists. We do. I actually have that movie, and I was, like, looking through my collection of the day, and I was like, huh, oh, yeah, I do have that movie. And Ryan Reynolds is actually in this movie. (laughs) I keep forgetting about that, too, that he is actually the main character of the movie. I literally so. forgot about this movie, Austin, 100%. So, 
we'll get there when we get there one day. Yeah. One day, one day. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else left to say or do you want to wrap it up or any closing thoughts? Not about that episode. Who are Koga's enemies? That's right. Who are we? We are. We are Koga's enemies? We can be. I'm good for it. Oh, I did have I did have some thoughts actually. I forgot Ooh. all about this. The uh the problem that I have with two major things. Well, in my mind major, but maybe not so major. So first, the soul badge versus the marsh badge. All right. Why are they not switched? Like, Koga gives out the soul badge, and Sabrina gives out the marsh badge. Those things should be switched. <laughs> and and I'm gonna speculate your and... second thing is also about things being switched. Yes, and I know what you're gonna say, and I know, you know, it's been 20 years, and it is what it is, but you will never convince me otherwise that Venonat and, you know, Butterfree are supposed to be related. It's supposed to be Venonat and Butterfree and not Caterpie to Butterfree. Like, if you just look at it, you can't convince me. The eyes. The eyes and the antenna. The the mouth, the hands, the antenna, the eyes, everything about... It's purple, for God's sake. I mean, you can't convince me that they didn't accidentally switch Butterfree and Venomoth. Because Caterpie... I mean, look at Caterpie and look at Venomoth. It's eyes... It's little horn things. So what happened with that? They they did the games. The data from the games got mixed up, and they just shipped it out, and they were like, oh, well, I guess we got to go with this. I really appreciate how this episode makes a point to show Venonat evolving into Venomoth to be like, aha! It's supposed to evolve Venomoth. <laughs> told you so. <laughs> and Brock's stupid comment that you mentioned <laughs> for the last episode. It's Was that a metamorphosis attack? Oh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, Brock is off his game. That. Jesus Christ, Brock, yep. get it together! <laughs> <laughs> he can't read a map. He doesn't know anything about Pokemon. He doesn't know when an attack is an attack. Oh, the Lord. grown women are calling him sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, clearly, 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 Venonat is supposed to be Butterfree's evolutionary line. Like there, it just makes me so mad. Alrighty. I guess that wraps up this episode. Remember, audience, you can, before we go, let's plug our social media and, I guess, email. You can contact us at outofthedryingpan at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments about the episode. Also, comment comment in the comment section of the Apple Podcast app. I think, I don't know if you can comment in Google or not, but if you can, please do. And remember to follow us on Twitter. That's outofdryingpan. On Twitter, outofdryingpan. Give us a follow and be sure to like our post. I like how on the Twitter you can tell who posted which post based on the the, the tone of voice and style. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, guess who posted it in the comment section of Twitter? It could be Alex, <laughs> me, or Austin. And if it looks like a lot of work was put into it, I can guarantee you it was not me. So, <laughs> just to be fair. <laughs> All right. With all that said, be sure to join us next time as the journey continues.